0: Hi friends, Rich here and welcome back to The Movement Podcast. In this series, uh, we're looking at how you can make a creative impact in the world in which you live. Today's episode, we're talking to our friend, Paul Nelson, who's the leader of Bright City and the worship pastor at St. Peter's Brighton. He's passionate about working creatively in community and as a team. So we sent Matt off to have a chat with him. Welcome
1: back to The Movement Podcast. We're here with Paul Nelson. It's great to have you, Paul. Great to be here. Um, we're going to find out a little bit more about what you get up to just after we played my favourite game of Two Minute Testimony. <laughs> and Paul, you've picked your, picked your banger to end the end. Yeah, my ringtone. Um, but Paul, let's hear your Two Minute Testimony starting now.
2: Oh man, my Two Minute Testimony.
1: I, I think with my testimony, it's like one of those,
2: one of those things where you, th- you think for a lot, lot, long period of your life, you have quite a boring testimony. And mm. what I mean by that is... You know, I don't have a big story around being on drugs. Or not that that's... Uh, I don't know why I laughed then. I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. <laughs> but I don't have... Um, you know, it's not a very dramatic story. Mm-hmm. My story is that I was... Um, I've never known a time w- without God. Mm-hmm. You know, born into a really loving Christian mum and dad... Family mum and dad. They, they modelled... Uh, a relationship with Jesus, what that looks like, going to church, being part of a church community, and uh, was part of an amazing youth group growing up. And um, but, and, and so I say, I say boring, but actually the more I've sat with it, the more I think it's just an amazing testimony. Mm. It's, the, it's the testimony I want for my own children. You know, yeah, we've got three daughters, and I would love my my girls to be able to say when they grow older, like, oh, I've never known a time without... You know, I can't remember not knowing his presence with me, and mm. um, of course you have you have your moments. And there's definitely been some significant uh, times of uh, surrender, particularly as a teenager, getting baptised. Um, actually, at, at festivals, Soul Survival was really significant for me growing mm. up. Um, I think the surrender thing is quite a daily, a daily thing, anyway, isn't it? Um, but you know, I can re- really remember clearly some times of saying, Lord, take my life. And even going to university, that's quite a formative time of your life, isn't it? And remember having to think, well, the first day I in university thinking, Lord, I'm going to have to choose, you know, a new set of friends, new yeah. new environment, I'm going to have to choose
1: to surrender. So, yeah. There you go. That <laughs> is a quick fire, two minute testimony from Paul Nelson. Adam, you know what? It's actually really encouraging. I was chatting to a friend about mm. this whole idea of we want to see testimonies where it's been God's been our work throughout my whole life I've yeah. that and that's what we long you said for your children but we long to see people who've known Jesus and yeah. live live it out I mean that's incredible yeah and we're here in Brighton we're at St Peter's right now and yeah. um, you head up all things worship really here um under yeah Bright City maybe you could tell us a bit of the story behind that the journey behind that and sort of where you're at
2: yeah well so Ten years ago now, just over ten years ago, a team of us from Holy Trinity Brompton in London planted uh, down in Brighton. It was the first church plant that Ho- Holy Trinity Br- Brompton HDB had done outside of London. Yeah, I, I've been on team from day one, which is, which has been amazing as the worship pastor. Um, amazing privilege to see it from sort of from nothing to, to yeah to where we are today, and and then I suppose overseeing the worship team and the worship life of of the church um, has has eventually led us uh to this to this um, sort of umbrella for the team of bright city so um that that really got birthed about uh, five five or so years in and mm-hmm. um, five or six years in sam Coates, actually who's the yeah uh, archie and sam lead the church together she had a word I uh, can't remember who it was for, whether for me or for us as a team, but that there was time for a new song. And we, we, I knew of a number of songwriters within the church. and we, It was something, I would say, that we'd done a bit of. We tried to use the odd song, homegrown song, and we've always believed that that was a, a good thing to do. But we decided, with that word, to get a bit more intentional about that. So we gathered about 13 or so of our worship leaders, songwriters, for an intentional three day songwriting retreat is what we called it at the time, but just where we hung out, had lots of food together, but just said, look, there's no rules. Let's just see what's on people's hearts, see what songs are. And a bit to our surprise, actually, we didn't have any plan or scheme for it. It was just an amazing time. Just, we probably came off the back of that three days with around 30 to 40 songs on a sort of board. And we just all oh, were like, this is amazing. And um, and so, yeah, without much thought, really, or pre, pre-thought, we, we just thought, oh, I think we're sitting on something here that we need to get a bit more intentional about. So we, we began from that place, really, kind of working out what God was doing, calling us to. And um, eventually that, that 30, 40 songs became our sort of first record, which we called... Everything was called Bright City. Um, it was the uh, it was Bright City was the name we came up with, which I can talk more about. But uh, the the album was called Bright City, and the first song was called Bright City. So we we need to, we needed to grow a little bit in originality around the name, but but yeah. But we, we released that that um, back in two thousand thirteen,
1: and it's kind of gone from there really. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that name's significant though. There's a yeah. reason the album was called that. There's a reason the collective's yeah. called that. The first song, maybe you could share a little bit. Well, about. exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, I joked about it, but there, there was actually a, a strong reason for that. I mean, I think we were um, we were searching for something that summed up the vision for us, something of the movement, connection between the worship life of the church, but also the mission of the church, mm. and uh, we were drawn to that um, that passage. Um, in, in Matthew's Gospel where Jesus says, um, you're a city on a hill that, that can't be hidden. You know, you don't put a lamp, you don't light a lamp and put it under a, a bucket. You put it on a stand for all the, for all the, the room to, to light up the room and you're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Mm-hmm. And we, um, w- we, we thought that was an amazing picture of kind of what we do when we worship. You know, we, we, we're putting our lamp on a stand and we're saying, we're lifting his name high. Mm. And um, funnily enough, in in Brighton, Brown's very hilly. If you've walked around a bit, you oh, guys today, a couple of hills, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, and then we happen to be right in the valley of, of Brighton. But it's but St Peter's is right in the centre of town. Mm. But uh, it feels significant to us that it's right in the valley of the city. But it's a as we worship and as we push, it's a as a church community, we become a city on a hill that can't be hidden, mm. and. Um, and also, Bright City is a, is a is is also a play on our on our net, the name of our town Bright, of our city, Brighton. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and we do believe actually that as we worship, Brighton's coming alive. So, um, yeah, incredible, yeah, incredible.
1: So. And it's, you say nine nine years now, uh, ten, ten. over ten over years. Over ten years. We've been now. Here, yeah, over ten years. That's a long time. That's a lot of commitment. Yeah, and I love the fact that on your first one, you you gather together. You got all your different Worshipy the songwriters, you got that yeah, together. Yeah. What does collaboration look yeah. like between you as a community and you as a worshipping community and that family essence of that? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, well I mean that's I mean that really is the key to the whole
2: to our whole thing, really. I think we we definitely didn't have what we have now until we got together. You know, yeah. it was the getting together, it was that initial songwriting retreat, particularly that, that set that was a spark for, for a lot of things that have come now over, over the years and that, st- and that we're still walking into I'd say um, it's, it was the act of kind of um, that, that community moment together um, I mean there's a couple of things I could talk about practically there that um, you know I mean community is so powerful one of the reasons is particularly around things like music and mm-hmm. crea- creativity and art and that can be quite a, a lone, you know. And actually, there's times I think for it for an idea or a, to be birthed in a sort of isolated, yeah. you know, you just get you walking along and you get an idea and of something. Could be anything, you know. Um, and, and so that's how I think a lot of ideas are, are birthed, and and you, and you should be ready to be inspired at all times. I think, yeah. but um, but certainly. I can I can talk about songwriting, but I think it applies to other creative forms, too. Like, we have found that getting together has just been like, I suppose what we would say is that we would never have this if we hadn't got together. Mm. You know, this song would not be this song if we didn't have each other. Yeah. You know, it's, I could not have come up with this by myself. Um, and so we found it's been been beautiful to get together. Community kills competition. That's an amazing thing, you know, really does counter any competition. So we've had to work quite hard at and be really intentional at uh, being for one another, cheering each other on. Um, But if you can get that right, there's something so, that's so God's heart as well, isn't it? That Mm -hmm. kind of being for, you see even within the Trinity, them just being sort of for one another. I think it's uh, so... So even very, down to very practical things, when we get together to songwrite, we would, we would have a time where we'd critique the like a song. Maybe we've been working in collaboration with two or three members of the team, then we come together with a wider team and we bring the song to the room. We call those times moral gossip sessions. Okay. And the reason we call them moral gossip is because we say, we say, look, whatever you want to say about a song, you have to say in the room. Um, so it's, um, so it's gossip because we're talking about the song and it's moral because we, we say it in front of their, their face. Mm. So we don't kind of hold it back and then out in the corridor say, oh, I actually thought that was terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we like, so we've kind of committed our lives to one another in the sense, cause that sharing a song or being creative together is really vulnerable, isn't it? It's like your heart on the sleeve. So I think as a a general collective, in terms of the church and what we're doing, we're we're now, you know, we're always growing and always trying to think how we do it better. We're leaning into sort of feedback, being open with each other,
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the things um, I'd say for myself, I've been blessed by the songs that have come out from Bright City, Mm. and I think, what would be really insightful, I guess, is what would you have told yourself at the start of this journey where these we've got guys listening perhaps who who are on the early days of what it looks like to mean to have this this community to have this um yeah at the start of their journey and, and i'm sure checked, that looks it. different and that looks uh varies in every context but what would you now say to yourself but also to someone perhaps at the start of that road i think i would say um
2: thinking about the the kind of collective thing particularly in the kind mm. of community and the you're trying to build a team of creatives quite sensitive types you know and, mm. but but so much potential in people you know i would say don't underestimate just getting together regularly mm. you know what can be birthed out of just that's our story and that's remains our story it actually is really quite a simple model it just mm. sort of it's been, when when we stopped getting together, stop doing life together stop like it, it it sort of facts it drifts off a bit mm. um, I, Yeah, just just love you just love people you know that like, um, love your team, love the people that god 's put in your in your care if you like or mm. um, but also only carry the only carry the weight that you 're meant to carry so don't um I think that was some of the mistakes I've made made particularly when you are running a team of quite sensitive people and mm-hmm. and there are a lot of there's a lot of stuff in each of us isn't there like you know uh, a lot of insecurity in me and um and when you are a family all that sort of comes out doesn't it Yeah. Uh, you know, but I think you know I would say uh you just keep coming to, to, to God for everything. You know, don't... Um, I think I've carried carried weights and stuff that I probably shouldn't have carried over to, emotionally and just, I um, don't know if that, that might resonate to no one or might resonate with someone. But, um, you know, Jesus talks about his, his yoke being easy, his burden being light. And I think I've sometimes carried, like, people's... Because I really passionately love people and the particular the people in my team and it's uh and you know and it, it, that can be hard and there's lots of different people's hopes and expectations and dream, often dreams actually through mm-hmm. and uh but i think you know just make sure you only carry what, what you should what you should be carrying which you can only really in your relationship with jesus plug in there you mm-hmm. got you got to plug in there with your your own walk with god mm-hmm. um and then just out of that love, love people as best you can and get people together, encourage. Encouragement is, encouragement is so prophetic. Encouragement is so close to prophecy, isn't it? Mm. You know, when you speak life into someone, when you see something good. Um, so, I mean, we have a lot of young people in our team and it's just all built on kind of encouragement, really. It's like, mate, go for it. This is awesome. You know, and we set, we try and set people up to win. Um, but, you know, the, the, there's a lot of encouragement. There is also a lot of feedback. There's a lot of honest, real... It's not all just sort of, you it's know... all highs, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, man... This, but, but we do try and set people up to win, particularly when we talk about youth or... Um, but uh, And we have lots of different contexts as well for people to win. So um, lots of chances for people to leave worship in different size contexts or... But most of the growth of our team is coming up through young young people. So I love, I love all that. Yeah. I was developed like that as a young person. You know, I mentioned being part of a a great youth group, Mm. having a youth leader that just loved me, saw some potential, gave me a chance, developed me Mm. when I could only play, you know, play a couple of court or not even, you know, and sort of think, man, everyone needs that. So we have quite a high encouragement culture as well, but yeah.
1: And, um, I guess, in the sense of growing these communities and so often people could be looking from the outside and be like, oh, these guys have got something here. I'm not sure I add to it. I'm not sure I can be a, a part of it. How is it that you welcome people into that space? How is it? Because encouragement is a huge thing. Yeah. And That doesn't necessarily just begin within the process, I guess, inviting people in and giving them the opportunity, as you say, that's, that's a big part of what you guys do or what was that? Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, we're always evaluating how we get people involved um one of the things you know this this won't be necessarily totally relevant in in you know within the spheres that you're in but we've recently moved our kind of musician model to more like a set band model okay. um because we found that we could just get people involved ease more easy more people involved into sort of set band context rather than a pool of musicians mm-hmm. and um one of the reasons for that was that was that kind of yeah giving someone a chance or it, it, just, it just it was a way for us to grow the team whilst growing community so we kind of rather than the team being sort of 40 50 people and it just sort of being ah I'm getting lost in this team you became part of a, like a little band mm-hmm. of people but then we found that in deploying people into that as well was easier a second electric player or a... so I don't know I think you just always have to look at your own situation work out what the next move is I mean we're forever changing there's no perfect model of getting people involved mm. um yeah and, and no perfect model of running a team I think you just have to what I was doing on day one probably values wise and it's, it's the same but it's you know, model wise and strategy wise mm. totally different. I mean, I th- I think the the most helpful thing I've ever heard in terms of deployment and getting, if that's, is that you, you have to do six things all the time. Um, you have to, if this is helpful, this might not be helpful, like, and you can cut it out if it's terrible. <laughs> um, but is you have, in terms of like recruiting team and spotting, I don't know, uh, spotting people for your collective or like, you, you have to identify, recruit, uh, train deploy monitor and nurture mm. and i've found that really helpful because you have to kind of be doing all six the whole time sort of mm. going back to the eye identifying so you need, you need to have a sense of oh, who am i we, we go quite big on we spotting sort of spot heart you know that's what oh, yeah. samuel in the book of samuel spots in king david who becomes the kind of key or he becomes king but but he's the sort of like that that worship leader figure wrote all the psalms and, um, but you know, uh, God says to Samuel, no, don't look at outward appearance. He looks at all his brothers and thinks that his strong, big, burly brothers are the are the king. And mm-hmm. says, no, God, I look at the heart. God looks at the heart. So, um, so I think you know we look for we look for heart, and um, that's particularly in young people when maybe the competency isn't isn't quite there, or we look for heart. So. But yeah, but you always need to be identifying, then kind of recruiting people into some form of, of mm. something we just give people the vision really, and say, just become just, just come be part of it don't don 't come be the ele- the electric We try and avoid like people having their identity in their role like mm. don't come be the electric guitar player, just be, come be part of oh, the family no. yes. and then you might play electric you might a lot of our team would be graphic designer they might uh, do a bunch of stuff for our church here they might play bass they might then do sound they might do words mm. then put away chairs it's just part of the family yeah. and I think we that's important I think for creatives as well that y- you feel part of a family as opposed to just for your role mm. I think that dries up when you just feel like you're just used for my I'm just being used for my function here so mm. so we have a really high value on that um, and it means that if you know if, if they need to drop out of the team for a bit cause t- to invest in their relationship with Jesus that, that you know it's, it's all about that yeah. so you know recruiting them into the vision and then deploying them appropriately um, training them appropriately then uh, monitoring which we do a lot through team nights and nurturing which, again just through meeting up mm-hmm. Hanging out, so I think those six things. Some I found, I found really helpful, just in terms of getting people involved. Um, I don't know if this is all. I'm... The only other thing I'd say on the whole, like creative, the collective, the community thing, is one principle we've worked by, which actually I picked up from Hillsong. It's a really helpful principle. Is um, when you've got to create a community together, and you're like. I do? It. There's so much potential in the room, or whatever context you're in. You know, you feel it, and it's like oh, we could do something new here. Like this is that. Um, try and say yes if you can to ideas. Mm-hmm. So, so when someone has an idea, or oh, what about if we did this? If you can say yes, because mm-hmm. I think that brings a lot of life. Obviously, there's. A, I remember one time when uh, a girl in our team because we are quite a spread of, you know, not all musicians, I've talked a lot about music today, but uh, came to me and said, I've got a real vision. I can see us doing a short film mm. around Easter, around the message of the cross, and I'd love to do that. And, and sort of without hesitation, I said, yep, we should do that. You know, and I, we had no sense of how we were going to do that, or, but I just, my role. I knew my role in it was just to say yes and to encourage, and mm. yeah, of course you can't do that all the time. But we then went through a process of practically just making that happen. And eventually we did, we did do a little short film called This Is Love, mm. which, which we did on our good, our good, we did it for our Good Friday service here here in Brighton a couple of years ago. But it was, I remember just standing in the service, like tears streaming down my face, watching this amazing 12 minute long, uh, to all our music, as homegrown music as well. And this is, beautiful short film of of um the message of the cross and and um and god's love for us and what jesus did and just thinking wow this is like amazing it's a dream come true for me but i think it only started with someone saying oh that's the idea and
1: you anyway can't. i'm babbling on back no and i mean stepping out giving those a go but you, you did it together you said yes as a team and you worked yeah worked through that and um I guess as we come towards the end of our time yeah, yeah. together. I talk so um, much, no, Paul, <laughs> I, I could listen to you for hours, honestly. I really could. Um I want to hear from you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> next week. <laughs> next episode. Um but I guess I guess wrapping wrapping yeah. things up as such. Um, final words of wisdom, final little bit of advice for those guys who have maybe caught on a bit of that, they've caught a glimpse of the heart, they've caught a glimpse mm. of what could potentially be in their own context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's so that final ignition? What's that final words of... Um...
2: Yeah. Well, there's this thing that King David does where, when he kills, when he kills Goliath, he, he, um, there's this song that kicks up from the women. It's, it, the Bible describes the women singing the song that Saul has killed in thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. Mm. And what David does is he walks straight through the song and he doesn't get distracted by the song of of man, if you like, mm. or, of, or of woman in that case, but like he doesn't get, um, he walks straight through and he just carries on to what God's calling him to, He carries on being himself, he carries, he keeps his, whereas what Saul happens, what the Bible describes, happens to Saul when Saul hears that song mm. Saul says that he could not get over that song mm. and he and he kept a jealous eye on David and and Saul hardens his heart in that moment before God and um he's just so bothered by the song of man and he's not Saul is not plugged into the song of God he's not plugged into God's heart he's not keeping his heart soft for God he, mm. and and that becomes the kind of downfall of Saul in some way um There'll be times in your, if you're a songwriter, where a song impacts someone and you, you get this impact back of like, oh, people love my song, that's awesome. But you have to just keep, keep going through that. You just go through that. Because that that fades off anyway. Mm. Root yourself in his love for you. I think that's the key thing. Mm. Like, that's what David did. He, he just knew God's love for him. So he just stayed super secure super rooted um and then when all when there was applause from the women or, or whatever and um when it was going well it's fine i'm rooted in the love of god i can but when it wasn't going well it should, it's fine i'm rooted in the love of god that never changes so that would be my encouragement probably yeah. after all that i should have just said just stay rooted in the love of god
1: brilliant <laughs> thank you so much for thanks Matt, so, man so much wisdom and um you've got some exciting stuff coming up where can people stay plugged in where can people keep up to date with Bright City and what you guys have got on at the moment
2: oh thanks for mentioning that yeah well we just um, we just back in November actually our 10 year anniversary we uh, uh, the kind of community here at St Peter's Brighton we we decided to record um, a live album really as a actually along the lines of the vision as a sort of shout of praise for the next 10 years um in, in the city so um, so we recorded that live here at, here at St Peter's back in November and the first song actually comes out on the I don't
1: know when this will get released it's coming out at the, uh, towards the start of next month
2: great so the first song should be out there already uh, called Change um, it's the, f- the first single from the record it's really the sort of song of the record um, sums up a lot of our vision at the moment it's called Change and you can find that at brightcityuk.com Com or on our Instagram Bright City UK and um, on our YouTube stuff there will be a video
1: brilliant yeah. and, um, we watched the short film Paul mentioned earlier oh, you did? Um, yesterday you can get that on the website as well um, nice. Paul thank you so much for joining us Love it's it. a pleasure to be here in Brighton at St Peter's hearing about Bright City and um, the heart to go after it together, the heart yeah. to stay rooted in God and um, all the things you're pursuing here
0: thanks for having me Matt Well, thanks for that, Paul. Really encouraging stuff about how we can be working together creatively as a team. So at this point in the podcast, we ask you three questions and these are for you to think about yourself or maybe as a group with your friends. Can you identify people in your lives that are passionate about the same thing as you? How are you currently seeking after God's calling together? What foundations need to be laid for your community to take things to the next level? Well, that's it for this episode, folks. And actually, that is it for this series. We hope you've enjoyed it. We've had fun making it, and we really hope that you've managed to engage with some of the content and some of the things that have been said. Um, but we always love to hear from you. And so make sure that you send us an email, a podcast at wearemovement.net if you've got anything you wanna feed back to us about how it's made an impact to you. And make sure you stay connected with us on our social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Um, But for now, take care and we'll see you soon.